How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to edition 75 of Joe vs. the World. I am joined by a first-time guest today. He's the co-host of Wrestling Culture. A man who does so much audio, he's recording another podcast simultaneously with this one. It's Dylan Hales. Dylan, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you for that, uh, that friendly introduction and accurate introduction. Well, close to accurate introduction. I actually did two shows yesterday. Uh, so this is that's not that far off from being the truth. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. This is this is making it big time. I feel like the uh, the Mary Tyler Moore theme should be playing, and I should put on my best pantsuit and you know run through the streets and and and, uh, and celebrate. This is a this is a big time here. Joe Joe versus the world is the WWE of of uh, podcasts. Oh, we do hate spunk around here. Just be known. <laughs> <laughs> like five, probably five people got that reference. But, uh, the reason on the show is this. I was listening to the one you did with Will over at Goodwill Wrestling when you went through the entire WWE roster, gave thoughts on everyone. I thought it was really interesting, but you didn't really delve into NXT. And to me, that's more more interesting in a way because the die has been cast for so much of the WWE roster. But the people in developmental, the, the future is unwritten, so to speak. Yes, uh, and, and actually, you know, we kind of sort of talked about that before. That, the, the, the thing about that podcast is Will and I did that at literally 2 or 3 in the morning, <laughs> almost almost on a whim because we were having a, a uh, normal personal phone call just discussing this stuff off the cuff, and he was like, why don't we just record this? So we went ahead and did it, and uh, which was cool because people seemed to really like it. Uh, and I, I actually kind of wanted to do NXT, but... It would have been, you know, I would have been up till 6 a.m. So mm. <laughs> it it, uh, it worked out better. And this is a cool, and I agree with you. This is a cool thing to talk about because a lot of these guys are, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I, you can call them uh, blank canvases necessarily, but they're probably the closest thing to it. All right. So what we'll do, we'll go through it uh, alphabetically, give our thoughts on everyone, whether they should get called up, stay in XT, or get cut. Sound good? That, that'll work. All right. Now, the, the roster is so varied with people coming and going. We'll largely stick to the heavy hitters and not these local guys or whoever the Ascension's fighting this week. So, <laughs> All right. Let's dive in. We'll start with A, NXT champion Adrian Neville. Um, has some pros, has some cons. I think stylistically he's uh, spectacular in a way that will really catch people's eyes. He's different from most people in the roster. Cons are certainly that his mic skills, I think they've improved since he's gotten there, but they're certainly well below average. I get the sense of best-case scenario for him, and I, I doubt they do this, but would be to team him up with a John Cena, someone, because I don't think Cena's going to be in the title picture post-SummerSlam. I think it'd give Cena a break in a way. It would, he could carry the mic portion, and it would showcase uh, Neville in a way that would get people's attention. Am I off my gourd, or is that an okay idea? I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, my, my thought would, and, and, and in a way it touches on what my thought with Neville is. I, I think Neville, if he's going to make it, I think he, he's, he's better suited as a tag team wrestler, which is kind of, in some ways, the kiss of death in the WWE, so it seems kind of ridiculous to say, if he's going to make it, he needs to be in a tag team. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really feel like he's not shown me, they, they've tried to, you know, they've, they've put him in this ace role for NXT, but I think he's been really underwhelming, especially to people who kind of came in thinking that, well, this is Pac, and he's this great flyer, and he can do all this stuff that nobody else on the roster can do. And 
I don't want to say that he doesn't do that stuff, but he's. I think he's too tame for the people that were expecting the the great high flying guy, and he's you know maybe a little bit too flashy for the people that were sort of you know looking for the more traditional ace type of wrestler. So yeah. I, I, my medium ground with him is that I think he would be good in a tag team period. But uh, be, being uh, seen as little buddy, not that that's necessarily what you mean, but that's probably not the worst uh, worst place to land if you're gonna if you're gonna make it on the main roster. I seem to think they tried that sort of with Evan Bourne. I remember a long yep. uh, raw tag match he had in that, and they just kind of went away from that. And I think another, I mean, another pro is that he's from England. That can be a positive in a it kind of being kind of a local hero. Although that that didn't help. Uh, What's his name? Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Although, um, and I think a, a con, another con is kind of, this may sound weird, but the, he kind of looks a little goofy. And they even, like, he cut that promo where he talked about how big his ears are and whatnot after he won the title, and it was just terrible. And <laughs> you get the sense that WWE would want to go down that road if they brought him up, but that's something they have to avoid at all costs. Yeah, they, he can't. you can't bring a guy on to the main roster. Like, I think one of the biggest knocks against a lot of these guys that they do bring up from NXT and gals is that they portray them as complete goofballs, so they have no chance out of the gate. And, uh, you know, you, you know they don't. You, these guys don't have to be the most serious. They don't have to be Dean Malenko or whatever. But um, ideally, you're not portrayed as a complete comedy act either. So, uh, I, I mean, I... I I don't want to say I don't like Neville, but I honestly feel like he's one of these guys who, if the WWE is serious about pushing tag teams again, and it feels like they have been for close to a year now, to be fair, um, he's a guy I certainly could see being very useful and actually perhaps making himself feel like more of a star in a tag team than as a singles. So do you have a partner in mind for him? (sighs) I mean, off the top of my head... Just, you know, sort of surface level, there's nobody that I think is an obvious pick because a lot of the guys who I think might be a good fit are sort of already paired off. I mean, Tyson Kidder and Justin Gabriel are wrestling together, and I think they Mm -hmm. could be a really good tag team for the main roster to take probably the most obvious example because I think he would do well with either one of those guys. Um, It's possible that, uh, you know, Neville could be um, somebody that they use with even somebody that they may sign in the future in in a tag team. I mean... I guess you could theoretically put him with uh, Kalisto, who will come to eventually. Hmm. Uh, but I kind of think that guy's got a pretty good upside as a singles guy. All right, so it's, I mean, I think it's time to bring him up. That's kind of my, I mean, I don't know if he's going to do a lot more in developmental. I think it's probably time to take a swing with this guy. Yeah, I think it's, I think I totally agree with that. To me, this is sink or swim. Like, if you leave the guys down there for too long, then you you end up with what I'll call the ascension problem when we get to them. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, maybe keep them there, maybe uh, through the fall. But past that point, I, I feel like you got to bring them up. Yeah. All right. Uh, you didn't cover the Divas on the, the WWE show with Will, but I think we should discuss them here because I think it's just – Interesting in the the dichotomy, the way they're portrayed in NXT and what happens when they get brought up. But um, we'll move on to Alexa Bliss. Uh, A newcomer has some good buzz. I think there's a lot of potential there. I think a definite stay in NXT for now. She still has a lot of work to do, but, I mean, mean, a lot of upside, I think. And when I see Cody Rhodes, like, blowing into his hands, like, (laughs) I'm like, is she going to get brought up with them? That can't be the case, right? 
Uh, I, I would be shocked if that was the, well, I know, you know what, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. I think I'm <laughs> But I, I don't think that would necessarily be the wisest decision for her. Um, I, I, you know, I actually think, I do think she's got some upside. I really do. I, um, I, she's, she's really green. And it's way too early to say whether she's even good or bad in the ring, in my opinion. You just can't tell yet because there's not a large enough sample size to really say with any degree of accuracy. But she kind of reminds me of, like, the WWE's answer to Taryn Terrell and TNA. And uh, Taryn Terrell was somebody that, whatever you think of TNA, and I, I <laughs> don't think a lot of it. But, uh, <laughs> Your thoughts are well documented. <laughs> um, I, I do think Taryn Terrell has sort of this – it's – Forced and kind of hammy, but it is still charisma, and and, and it is something that people, besides just her, her good looks, there is something that people sort of gravitate toward in her, and I, I, th- I think that Bliss sort of has some of that too. Uh, plus, she's undersized, even by diva standards, and I actually think uh, if they get serious about pushing divas, which is a big if, having sort of the natural underdog, even by the standards of the divas, could be a, a pretty useful spot for somebody on the roster. But she's so way too soon to call up. Yeah, so keep an NXT for now, but keep an eye on Yes. All right, on to previously mentioned A for the Ascension, who have been tag champs for 10 months now. I, I don't see the point in being a champion in developmental that long. You think at a point, okay, it's time to call them up and try, but they've just been squashing guys. You would think that would... You know, the story there is one week, okay, one of these teams scores an upset. It hasn't happened yet. I don't think it will because they're doing a tag tournament, I believe, starting uh, starting this week. I mean, I I think you have to call them up. I think it's, like you said, it's time to sink or swim because they've been there for so long. I mean, I just don't, I mean, they could probably have a good match with the Usos right now, but it'd be a big step down from what they've done with uh, Rowan and Harper. And I just, I mean, you give it a try. I have no, I'm. Would it work? I I don't think it, I don't I don't think they're going to do that good because I just think they're going to get up there. They're not going to get a great reaction. I don't know how their longer matches are going to be, and I don't know. I don't. But I think you have to try. I mean, here's the the Ascension are I think maybe the weirdest project in the history of WWE developmental. Would you agree with that, Joe? I mean, like I I, I they it's almost unfathomable because usually. If if a guy if guys have been around like this and they've been pushed the way they have because they've been pushed as like you know, monsters basically from the beginning. And usually if guys are around as long as these guys have been around, they at least get brought up to the roster and kind of split time back and forth, or they work they work a lot of the – I shouldn't say a lot of the house show loops, but occasionally they work the house show loops. Or, you know, like, are there some – maybe they even debut vignettes for them on TV, which I don't remember them ever doing on the main shows with the Ascension, although it's possible I'm forgetting it, and then they call it off at the last second. So they've been there forever, and none of those things have really happened. Um, and yet they're still portrayed, like you said, as this dominant unit. But I totally agree with you. I mean, wh- who cares if you're the dominant unit in what is a feeder league? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand, like, the logic in, in why, why would you – it's very odd. It's a very odd thing, and I can't even think of anything you would compare them to. Um, to me, the only the only way anybody should ever have a title that long in NXT is if they do some gimmick where an older veteran, somebody like a Regal or a Christian or whatever, 
sort of runs through a slew of guys, and he has it for months and months and months to build to to a guy that you're planning on pushing and, and establishing as a big time guy, getting a win. And even that, I think, is is, is probably not the smartest idea, but I, I could kind of at least understand why you would do it. It's very, I mean, they have to bring them up, whether or not they're going to do well or not. I mean, they have to bring them up. First of all, the Usos need new opponents, so they have to bring them up. But secondly, you can't, I mean, why, how can you just continue to justify these guys' contracts if you're not going to bring them up? Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the cost-cutting and everything that's going on right now with the network, I mean, hell, by the time this podcast gets uploaded, half these guys we talk about might be cut, if you believe some of the rumors <laughs> coming up today. So uh, you would think, I mean, the Ascension have to be brought up. I honestly don't know. Do you, do you really think they're going to do poorly? I, I, I don't know. I just don't see them having, like, this... I don't, I don't think they're that entertaining. Like, you know, for all the big man squashes, they're not that entertaining. Um, I don't even know what they're gimmick. Like, what are they? Are they are they vampires? Are they zombies? Gods? I don't even know. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't, like, they're one part eliminators, one part road warriors, but they're nowhere near as cool as... <laughs> they're like a shitty Maritimes version of the road warriors from the mid-80s with the crappiest they're, eliminators they're, possible. Yeah, exactly. They, they have a lot of, they do have a lot of buzz. Um, sort of with, uh, you know, a sm- very small segment of people who I think are, are just sort of enamored with the idea of a tag team that's been given a push that means something. But, again, how much can it really mean when you're in developmental? Um, I don't know what you do with them if you bring them to the main roster, though, unless you're immediately going to put the tag belts on them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you bring them up, you almost have to put the tag belts on them right away. You almost have to because of the nature of their gimmick. And then what do you do? Do you have the Usos tracing, chasing the Ascension? That does not sound terribly compelling to me. So they're they're in a uh, they're in quite the quite the pickle. I think that uh, you have to bring them up, but I also feel like they're on a crash course with eventual termination. <laughs> like I don't I don't see how they last very long. Yeah. All right. Moving on to. Uh... I don't know whether to, whether to put Bailey under B or I for it's Bailey, but we'll go with B for um, <laughs> Bailey. Kind of a doing kind of a, a quirky gimmick works in the NXT. I don't know. I don't really know where she she would fit. They kind of have Emma as the the quirky diva, and she's just been she's had what, what an odd plan she's had where get paired with Santino who retires and then steal from a Walmart, get fired, get brought back. So I keep Bailey there for now. I don't know. I don't really know if there's going to be room for her at some point, but I, I keep her where she is for now. Um, Bailey definitely stays in developmental. Um, I do think she she does have some charisma, which mm-hmm. divas who divas who have charisma, I feel like that goes a long way in terms of getting them on the roster and keeping them around for a while, um, just because they don't. I don't think they care about a whole lot else. Like, if you know, if you're if you're pretty enough for their standards, and then you you know you have you have at least a smidge of charisma, you got a chance to stay around for a while. I wish the standards were higher. I just don't think they are. Um, I she'll stay in developmental. Uh, the question I think, you know, what the issue is going to be with her is how many divas, uh, how many divas are going to survive the potential great purge that may be coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think she's going to get cut, 
but, um, you know, would she be somebody that they'd be willing to put on the main roster if they did cut some of these other ladies? I honestly don't know. I, I think it'd be too soon, though. I would agree with that. So we'll keep her where she is for now. All right, on to Becky Lynch. Kind of a, uh, a newcomer. Had the, I think the, the Irish stereotype stuff has been toned down, thankfully. Yes. Uh, still relatively new. Probably also has a lot of upside. Um, don't have a real good feel for her for now. Didn't follow her when she was uh, Rebecca Knox, I believe. So keep her there for now, and then we'll, uh, we'll see. Keep her there for now, for sure. But I, one thing I will say about her is um, I think she, she has potential to be a, a big deal if they protect her. But I, I don't know that they are in the business of protecting divas at all. So... Mm-hmm. But but I do think she has she has potential to be a big deal. Um, but yeah, she needs she needs to stay down there for at least six months because she's got to be, you know, you've got to sort of be one of the one or two divas on that show to have a shot at the main roster and, and to even have a chance of being successful, in my opinion. All right, on to another newcomer of sorts, Bull Dempsey, a guy we've only seen basically two quick squashes out of. I actually think he's got some pretty good bike skills given the the promos he's cut. I don't, I didn't follow him uh, when he wrestled prior to NXT. I don't have a good feel for him. He's very different from your normal superstar, which is good. But certainly keeping NXT for now is a little too early for me to say. But um, I see some upside there. I don't know. Hard to say how much, but there might be something there. Um, I do like the fact that he looks different than everybody. I, I like that. I like that he's not the cookie cutter WWE guy. Um, it's kind of funny because to me he looks like the lead heel on a Nickelodeon TV show. Like he looks, he looks, he, he looks like somebody that would have been like feuding with the cast of Hey Dude. Like, like the, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, he really does. And uh, so, which to me is kind of a cool, you know, like the the slightly overweight, not like really overweight, but like slightly overweight, sort of overly hairy, you know. Uh, uh, jerk who's a bully because he's bigger than everybody. I mean, that's that's kind of what they're doing with him. Um, he's clearly not a great wrestler because I feel like if he was if he was really good in the ring, they wouldn't be going out of their way to protect him as much as they are in these formats of matches. Um, keep him around, obviously. Keep the push going as it is and see what happens because they do have, I mean, the one guy on the main roster, whether you like him or hate him, that I feel like they really did a good job with in NXT and it transferred to the main shows is Rusev. And I'm not saying Bull Dempsey is going to be Rusev, but um, if you protect a guy like that, I think it's easier to to take the gimmick that you developed in NXT and then put it on the main shows and it doesn't completely fall on its face. Hmm. All right, on to Charlotte, which is uh, very interesting. Had her breakout performance at the last special. Uh I know. I think she worked Madison Square Garden the last time they were there. She did. Um, she's got definitely has the benefit of being Ric Flair's daughter. That's going to carry a lot of weight that someone like a Sasha Banks won't have. She's going to get a lot of chances, and um, definitely keep her where she is for now. I think still a, another world of potential, and um, yeah, I, I think the the name's going to help. I think I think she will ultimately be a success. I do too. I think people forget how new she is to the business, and I think mm. there's a lot of people that want her to be a great wrestler because of who she is and because, you know, when I really think she's more like a pretty good wrestler, <laughs> which is not a knock. I mean, when you're as fresh as she is, being pretty good is not something to, that should be dismissed because she's 
really only, you know, she's not, um, she doesn't even have two full years in the business, I don't think. So that's hardly a, uh, a demerit. Um, I actually kind of feel like she needs to come up to the main roster soon, though. And the reason I say that is if they're serious about trying to, I mean, on these last several, uh, you know, uh, pay-per-views, or I guess we should call them special events since they don't do any fucking pay-per-view sure. business. But <laughs> uh, on these last few special events, they've had a couple of Divas matches on each show. And then it looks like SummerSlam's going to have at least two if you count Bree and Stephanie. So it seems like they're going to feature the women more. Whether they're going to treat them the right way is, I think, a very open question. But they're certainly going to feature them more. Um, and if they're going to feature them more, I think you need to get the best, the best available ones you have up on the up on the big show. So even though I don't think Charlotte's great, I think she's more like pretty good. I don't really think there's any of the divas that are actually great. So bring bring her up, bring her up to the roster. Uh, you know, I'd say fairly soon, within the next maybe three four months at the latest, uh, mm-hmm. and, and give her give her a shot and see what she can do. Um, you know, put her in there with, with somebody that, that's, that's solid hand or whatever and see if they can have a 10-minute match on pay-per-view that gets over really well. I think it's possible. I think trading on her name value of her dad could actually help the entire division, too, which is another, I, I think, uh, another plus to, to bringing her up. So I would actually bring up Charlotte. Interesting. Do you think, you think they will or they're just going to sit on there? Because she's, I, she's I very young. She is very young, and like I said, she's very new to the business. I really feel like she will be on the main roster before the end of this calendar year, which mm. is only five months. You know, I, I and I would not be surprised to see her up on the main roster by, say, Survivor Series. All right, on to C.J. Parker, um, <laughs> eco terrorist gimmick, I guess. <laughs> Uh, he's never shown me anything. The gimmick doesn't do anything for me. He's got a real good theme song now. That's not enough. I would actually... Yeah, is, that a, is that a Crimpshine cover? What the hell is it? Ah, Crimpshine reference. Wow. <laughs> the, the, uh, well, yeah, you're going to... Believe me, I can, I can deal out all the obscure uh, punk rock references necessary for the show if you need be. Um, I, I, C.J. Parker's... Is this... I, okay. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I understand the idea of the gimmick, like the sort of like obnoxious, dirty hippie that that tells people how to live their lives and is like a really pushy um, with his with his personal beliefs. But they're not, they're not going, I mean, if you're going to do this gimmick, there's a way to do it, and I don't think they're doing it right. Um, I... <sighs> Another problem, too, is NXT is a show that I think pretty clearly is, is designed to appeal to wrestling hipsters. And I don't even mean that as a cheap shot. I'm just speaking generally. I think that's part of the, the, what they do with that show. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of people that would qualify as wrestling hipsters actually like the environment. They thought If a Tree Falls was a great documentary. So I don't think <laughs> they can, like CJ, CJ Parker is not going to be the obvious heel for these people, even even if he was good, which he's not. Um, (laughs) To me, there's no use. This is a perfect example of a guy that is never going to get over with with that. He's never going to get over with that, and he's not good enough in the ring to to really merit keeping him around. So I think he's a guy you cut, almost for sure a guy you cut. Yeah. 
He may be cut right now as we speak. <laughs> uh, all right, on to uh, Colin Cassidy, who I'm kind of keeping separate from Enzo Amore because I think he's got. I, I actually think he's got a lot of upside. He's very tall. He's in good shape. He just looks like a very tall edge. Um, I think he has he has some charisma. I would certainly keep him where he is now. He's he needs some work in the ring, but I definitely. I think they have something there with him. And I, I, I hope he doesn't fall just too much into catchphrase land where I hope he actually gets to cut some more actual promos and not just, you know, hit all the soft stuff on the way of the ring. But definitely, I, I mean, who the hell knows? I, but I think they, you know, I could see him main eventing like five years down the road. Well, he has a great look. Uh, and, and yep. well, I say, well, I should say he has a great WWE look. Um, yeah. Not that I think that's a bad look, but it it is very much. We he kind of you, you said like a taller edge. I kind of would compare him to a Lance Hoyt with less feminine features. Like he's a, he's <laughs> a more ruggedly masculine Lance Hoyt. Um, they've done a good job of protecting him. I think overall, um, he's he does have. He feels like a guy that you could bring up to a main roster. Like and just like like almost like the night he's in. Did you see Joe? Have you seen the thing that uh, uh, Drew uh, Drew Galloway returned to Scotland with ICW? Have you seen that? I know of the clip. I've seen it posted. I haven't watched it. The the, the clip it's a great clip, and you should watch it. But I kind of feel like you could you could debut him on Raw. I mean, obviously, it's not going to get near the reaction because it's not a return. But you could sort of debut him the same way as a guy who just comes out and steamrolls a bunch of people, and he'd get over right away. I think it's too soon for him, but I don't think it's I don't think it's way too soon for him. I think he's I think he's fairly close to being a guy that you could call up um, in the right role. You know what I mean? Like it, yep. it would have to be the right role, but I think he's close to being ready. All right, uh, on to this may be a moot point. Corey Graves has been out for a while with concussion issues. May not uh, may not return. It's hard to say. I wanted a dump on the guy, but I never saw too much in him. Just I, I don't not as, not as a wrestler, not as, as a gimmick. I would. I mean, it's tough to say cut, but I would find another job for him if he can't if he can't return. But I don't see him ever getting called up. Yeah, he's. I don't. I don't. If, I don't think he's ever going to get called up unless they decide to do a fake CM Punk angle, like the fake Razor Ramon. Fake Diesel Razor. Yeah. <laughs> bring him up. Can you imagine? Cult of Personality hits, and he's got the towel over his head, and Corey Graves comes out. And, uh, you know, oh my God. Um, what's What's funny is <laughs> if 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 Punk in uh, WWE escalates into a legal situation, which I think is imminent, uh, I can almost see them doing something that petty. Um, to me, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I don't want to say cut because the guy's had all these health issues, and that would be a really shitty thing to say. But uh, he's his time is his ship is sailed. I mean, you see what happens to guys on the main roster when they have concussion problems. If you're in oh, NXT yeah. and you've got those same problems and they're even worse, you're never going to have a chance. So, uh, sorry, Corey Graves. So, so, sorry, Corey Graves. You may be you may be able to go back to being a roadie for Good Charlotte. Or whatever you did before you were in wrestling. Wow, wow from Prim trying to Good Charlotte. <laughs> All right, moving on to Enzo Amore. Um, I really, I like. I don't know if they're going to bring him up in Colin as a package. If they do, I could see them cutting Colin loose. I think Enzo would have a, a role as a manager, but they don't really do that on the the face side. It feels like I don't. 
like I mean, very charismatic. I just don't. See, I don't see it as a wrestler. Maybe another role, but not as a wrestler. Um, I cut him, and and it's it's not that I think he's that bad because I don't. But he, he's a guy, you know. And you watch a lot of indie stuff. I watch a lot of indie stuff. Um, there are a lot of indie wrestlers on this planet that have all the same tools this guy has and then some. And, I mean, you could say that about a lot of these guys. But the difference mm-hmm. is most, a lot of the guys we cover, they have at least one distinguishing characteristic where you could legitimately see them having a chance of being a meaningful guy on the main roster. Okay? I, I just don't see it with Enzo. And I kind of feel bad because I think he tries really hard. But – uh, to me, trying really hard doesn't matter uh, if you're, especially with the WWE's financial situation being what they are. Um, you know, if they, if they had unlimited resources right now, I, you know, sure, keep them around, see what happens. But you know, w- w- you with the situation being what it is, to me, he's a pretty close to an easy cut, actually. Mm. All right, on to the previously mentioned Kalisto, the former Samurai del Sol, start making. Uh TV, kind of given the the hint of the, for a guy they marginalized so much, they want him to be the next Rey Mysterio. You get the sense. They've had him uh, kind of tag teaming. I don't know if the team with Sin Cara is just a thing right now. I, I kind of hope not, because that would attach the stink of Sin Cara to him. Um, Mike's skills need a lot of work, but obviously, you know, has the, has the flashy offense. I would keep down there for now, mainly for just the, the, the promo work, because I think he would do okay on a, on a wrestling side, but uh, keep there for now, but probably called up, I don't know, within the next year, I'd say. Um, I have no problem saying that he should be kept down there right now, because I think, I do agree with you on promos, although I'm not sure he's a guy who should ever really talk, um, mm. in the sense that I, I think... I do think it's possible to get over a character like that with very, very little talking if it's done the right way. And they weren't able to do that with Sin Cara for a variety of reasons that had absolutely nothing to do with um, whether or not that's a viable possibility and a whole lot to do with Sin Cara being a massive head case. Um, yeah. uh, not, not, not Hunico, you know, the no. <laughs> mysticese. Mysticese. <laughs> so I, 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 uh, I mean, keep him there for now because I do think um, – I, I want him to debut with Impact. And I think if you debut him now, it's not going to have Impact anyway. Um, but debut him at a time when there's Impact. I, but I basically think he's ready, to be honest. And, and because what, you need, what they need out of him is a guy that can be really exciting. He's going to get over because of what he does in the ring. He's not going to get over because of anything he says anyway. So they, they need a guy who can be really, really exciting. Um, uh, they need – actually, WWE's main roster, I think, needs a guy like that right now. But I also think if you look at the lay of the land and kind of the build to SummerSlam and even, even Night of Champions ahead of that, this would be a terrible time to try and debut anybody like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would hold him off. But I think I'd love to see him up by the fall or by the late fall, early winter. I, I think that that's completely viable. Um, I don't think it will happen. I think he'll probably end up there to you know the first part of next year. But uh, I, I mean, I think he's pretty close to ready for what they, for what he needs to be. Uh, he could definitely get better on promos, but I honestly believe that his promos. I don't want to say they're irrelevant, but I think they're almost inconsequential to the reason why he would or wouldn't get over. 
I think given the fact he's bilingual, they're they're going to want him to to uh, to cut more promos in that's, both that's English a good and point. Spanish. That's that's a good point. I, I didn't consider that. That's a, that's a fair point. So, but we shall see. I agree. Probably close. Uh, up next, the Legionnaires of Marcus Lee, Sylvester Lafort. Because in case you forget about La Resistance, here you go. <laughs> um, Sylvester Lafort, the the French stallion. I think it's just I could see him in a manager role. They had that him do that for a while. Uh, I think he might just be too short to really fit in the WWE. I, this, he's never shown me anything. I mean, I don't, I don't even I can barely remember anything the other guy ever did. So I don't. I mean. I don't see much of a future as a wrestler for either of them. The WWE needs tag teams, but they don't need this. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, here's the thing. It's not that they're terrible. Because, honestly, there's very few guys in NXT that I think are terrible, like completely worthless. Um, but he doesn't they, – they don't have – Lafort is not – I don't even think he's that good on the mic, to be honest. And uh, some people do, actually, but I, I don't see it at all. And as a unit, they don't really do anything that's exciting or interesting. Like, I just I just keep picturing them like, okay, if you brought them up to the main roster, would you want to see them wrestle the Wyatts or the Usos or the Rhodes Brothers or Rybaxel even? Not really. Oh. You know, I wouldn't want to see them wrestle any of those teams. So, you know, right there, that tells you all you need to know about the Legionnaires. So uh, the Legionnaires, I'm very sorry, but uh, you're, you're cut. You're fired. All right. On to Mojo Raleigh. Hey. Um, for, for a guy, you like, oh, they're, they're really big on this guy. And then, okay, you hear that, and then you see him on the, at the last special when Rusev's out there. He comes out waving the flag and then just proceeds to get his ass kicked. Like, I'd never seen a baby face get, like, do such a bad job. And then <laughs> you see things like the, the Tyler Breeze beating him in six seconds, and it's like... What do you like? What like? Okay, pick a side if you're if you're behind the guy. Great. If not, like whatever. And I I think his presentation's terrible. His outfits are like. Why is he wearing such garish colors? And why is he using the <laughs> butt drop as a finisher? And I don't like. Like I don't like. He's clearly new. Maybe the, I find him an annoying character. If I, I never saw him wrestle again, you know. But but who the hell knows? Maybe he'll maybe he'll get great. But there's just so much weird about, and wrong about it right now. Yeah, they've, this is, like, almost an inexplicably um, stupid... Because usually, whatever you think about NXT, you know, and there's some people who think a lot of the characters are too jokey, and I actually agree with that criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's other people that, that feel like it, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good show in isolation, but that they don't. I, here's the thing. With, 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 with Mojo Rawley, um, I don't... It, I would not cut him because I think it's too soon because they haven't done anything to really give the guy a chance. And I, you know, the difference between him and somebody like Enzo, who I said I would cut, is Raleigh, there's something that's sort of charming about him, even with as goofy as he is. Like, he's a, he's a guy that I could almost see having a sort of, I don't want to say a Jim Duggan-esque appeal, but maybe that's that's the way to put it. Um mm. I, I just don't know. I can't. Uh, God, I got a seven forty-seven going over here. I, <laughs> I, I can't. Um, I can't say that I think he should be cut yet. Even though, on the other, like, by the same token, I really don't think he's. <laughs> I don't think that he, he's got a lot going for him. Um, I do think there's something about 
it just there's something about that guy that tells me don't give up on him yet. Uh, but I don't. I can't. Uh, I can't really advocate for him. So I say don't cut him. But I really can't give the sort of spirited defense I normally would. I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand. All right, Sami Zayn. Um, yeah. Huh. Call. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Figure out something for him to do. Get him up there. What are you waiting for? <laughs> like it's. I mean. You can tell they they really appreciate his talents. He gets the the opportunities to, you know, to have um, matches against Cesaro on the the first special, which is clearly positioned to be a great match. And they also, when they want to, you know, show Tyler Breeze spotlighting him, they put him with Zayn. And I thought that worked like gangbusters on the last special. Like, I I don't think you really need a a great story here. Just give him up one wrestle, have him win, and I think you'll be fine. Like... I, you know, maybe not call him up tomorrow. Like you said, it's not the best time, but soon. Like, you know, <laughs> figure something out. I think I can't wait to see him on the, the WWE TV. Every week, I'm, so. I got to be honest. I'm I'm a little concerned about him right now, and and, and the reason why is not that I think he's going to be cut because I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, like remember when the WWE signed Sarah Del Rey, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, they signed Sarah Del Rey, and we're going to have a really great women's wrestler on the roster," and it's you know. I mean, there was, uh, there was, for a brief moment, there was a lot of real excitement about it. And then I, I can't remember how quick the realization hit that she wasn't even going to be an active wrestler. But, mm. you know, and look, I, I'm not saying she's not contributing because I think she's done very well, you know, or appears to have been doing very good work down there in the role sure. that she's been in. But I'm starting to wonder if they don't see Sami Zayn as sort of a – perpetual NXT-ish level guy who's there to make other guys look really good. I, I, I mean, I, I, this might just be the pessimist in me, but I find it really odd that he had the Cesaro series. That didn't get him called up. Um, they, they've got him in this feud with Tyson Kidd and Gabriel and all that stuff right now, which is really one of the main themes of NXT television, and yet I really don't see him getting called up anytime soon now either. Uh, I... I uh, I'm getting nervous. I mean, having said that, they do they do put him on the. He's worked a lot of tours with the WWE. He's he's gone overseas with them, and so they. It's not like he's totally trapped in this guy. I just I do have a little bit of concern there, that uh, that they may be sort of pegging him in a role that is less than what I think we all want for him. Um, mm. Having said that, I mean, yeah, you definitely call him up. There's, to me. And I wasn't even as high on Generico as a lot of people were on the Indies. I did, I did like him, but he wasn't like my favorite or anything. But to me, there's really not a single good reason. I've said this before. I think Generico, well, Zane, uh, in many ways could serve the Rey Mysterio role, you know, um, mm. in the sense of being the guy that, that can have a good match with anybody, whether they're in the spot on the roster or the bottom spot of the roster. That's one of the things about Ray that I thought was such a – important role that people never really talked about was that with Rey Mysterio, you could have him in an opening match against a guy that nobody really thought of as a major star, uh, like a Chavo Guerrero Jr., for example, or, you know, you could have him in, in the main event against John Cena, and he was just as credible in either setting and just as likely to give you a great match in either setting. And I think Sami Zayn is a lot like Rey Mysterio in that regard. And, and even in the way that he wrestles as a babyface, frankly, um, I think they're very, very similar. So, to me, Zayn has a lot of potential value to WWE. I, I really feel like uh, – I, I honestly believe 
that he could be a top level heel um, if they <laughs> if they were so inclined. I, I think he's got the tools necessary to be a top or top level babyface rather mm. if, if they were <laughs> if they were so inclined. I just don't know that they're so inclined. I'm nervous. I mean, do you think that's a crazy? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the fact that he just got new theme music, which may just be me uh, being on my head, I think that's a sign that they're going to call him up. I think it's just you know sometimes they just have guys down there too long. But that's true. I mean you're right. It's it's been it's it's been a long time, and I don't know what the problem is. It's been a long time for somebody that's been featured so well. Yeah, I mean that, that, like that's the part that's odd is that he's been. I mean then again you say the same thing about the Ascension, but there's a big difference between the Ascension and Sammy's. <laughs> Yes, I like Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, Sasha Banks. I mean, I think you probably have to give her a try right now. I think, you know, they had a, a, a good act in NXT with the BFFs, but that's kind of been supplemented by um, Summer Rae and, uh, I forget her friend, uh, Layla up, in, uh, up on the roster. So I don't know, I don't know what you do with her, but, I think you kind of have to try it right now. She doesn't have the, the name value that uh, Charlotte would have. And I, I think if they try, she probably get lost in the shuffle, but it might be time to give it a whirl. Um, I think you bring her up, and I actually think she's the best diva on the roster, all around. Um, I, I think all around she's the best diva on the entire roster, WWE and, uh, and NXT, throw them all in a pot. I think she's got the most overall ability. Um <sighs> It's kind of the same thing I said with Charlotte, really. You know, if they're if they're serious about putting two women's matches on these special shows, you know, why not have the guy, the the gals who are the 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 best of them? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, and then again, I mean, you can make the argument that the reason they're the best is because they're in NXT and they're allowed to do more stuff. And I think we've kind of seen that with Paige and Emma to a degree. But I still feel like with Sasha Banks, she's got something. I think she's got potential to be very good. Uh, so I, I I would absolutely call her up. I would call her up yesterday, actually. In some ways, besides Sami Zayn, I think she's the the most ready of anybody on that roster. All right. On to someone we haven't seen yet, but he's been there for a bit, is uh, Solomon Crow. Um, it's hard to say, do you have a, you know, we haven't seen his gimmick or anything or, or what he's doing, but, uh, do you have thoughts on how you think he'll, he'll end up doing? I honestly don't know what to expect. I mean, Sammy Callahan was my favorite guy on the independent scene when he was signed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a huge Sammy Callahan fan. I get that out of the way right now. I don't make any, you know, I, <laughs> he's literally, uh, pro- of the guys that worked in, you know, sort of name big time indies. He's probably my favorite guy in several years. So, you know, I'm a really big Sammy Callahan fan. Um, I mean, his size is going to hurt him because he's real short. And, and I, he's another guy where I could – I almost – you know, this is, it seems like a crazy pairing. Maybe he's the guy you pair with Adrian Neville. I mean, he, it's, it's too early for – I mean, obviously too early for Solomon Crow to be on the main roster. He hadn't even debuted. But yeah. – uh, he's. I could see him doing really well in the tag team, but that size is going to be a huge detriment to him on the main roster. I think, which is, mm-hmm. which is too bad because I think he's a great wrestler, and I I think he's an exceptionally charismatic in ring performer. When he's in the co- like working throughout the course of a match, I think his charisma just completely radiates off of him. So, 
Um, I think he'll do good in NXT in the sense he's going to get really over those crowds in full sale if they let him have good matches. I mean, he's just going to, period, because that's just how he, how he is. He's very good at connecting with a live crowd. But I think his long-term prospects, uh, and this kills me to say it, I think they're actually pretty slim. Hmm. How long has he been there? It just seems like he's been there so long without being on TV. He's been there a long time, and I don't know what the holdup is with him. I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, especially because he's a guy that that uh, you know he worked with with some of these guys. You know, I mean, he worked with Finley a lot, who's a WWE agent, when he was doing the indie thing. So you would think that he kind of maybe had some insight as to to what they'd be looking for. Or maybe had some better hints than some of these other guys. Maybe not. You don't know. I'm just speculating. But uh, it's very, it's odd that he's not shown up. Um, even even if it was just like a you know, like a as a even a, just a guy who was squashed once because they do that so often. It's just it's really odd that he hasn't shown up. All right, on to Tyler Breeze, kind of a a guy getting. Um <laughs> sort of a main event push in, uh, in NXT. He's being, you know, they're giving the, oh, he's not just a pretty face. He's challenging uh, Neville soon for the title. Also got new theme music he sang, which is probably a good sign. He's going to get called up soon. Miz kind of took his uh, his uh, not-in-the-face gimmick, although he doesn't, he's gotten away from that a bit. But I don't know. I don't know. What do you, how tall is he? He seems short to me, but I don't think he's that short. I don't know that he's that short, actually. He, he could so, be. I mean, when you're working against Zane, too, because see, Zane's surprisingly tall. Zane, Zane, mm-hmm. Zane for, for an underdog babyface, Zane is, is actually not short at all, um, relative to what you're used to with guys like Rey Mysterio, anyway, um, or Ricky Morton. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually miss <laughs> – Miz is the king of stealing gimmicks. I, 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 <laughs> I, I can't. I can't go any further than that because I, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but this is not the first time that Miz has done this. Um, mm. I, I Before Miz um, debuted, I think it would have been a decent time to call up Tyler Breeze. Now I feel like you almost have to wait. I do, I do like him as, a, as an overall performer. I don't think he's great, but I think he's good. And I, you know, I feel like he's a guy who is probably going to get better and not worse. Some guys, they sort of level off of their peak, and then they just sort of slowly don't get any better. Like, for example, The Miz, uh, who I thought was actually a really good <laughs> – I thought was a really good tag team wrestler when they had him with Morrison. Like, actually really good, and then that was kind of <laughs> it. Um, yeah. Breeze, I – I mean, I think he's good. Do you think he's good? I mean, like, are you into his act? Because I like it. I, I just don't know that it's something you can have on the same show with Miz doing his act right now. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It's just so similar to, to that. But I, I do like Tyler Bree. I think he's got uh, – I don't know what his ceiling is, but um, I think it's time to try and find out. He he, I, I would keep him there for the time being only because of the Miz thing. But, but there might be a way to – to work around that and debut him fairly soon because he, he's, he's got a good look. And see, the thing is they've got a lot of guys. I mean, sort of the subtext of everything we've been talking about is if you, of course, again, we don't know with all the alleged budget cuts that are coming, which mm. I think are much more than a legend, but um, in theory, there's a lot of guys that they're about to bring in there, you know, uh, Devitt, uh, uh, perhaps Kevin Steen, Kenta, um, you know, so perhaps Willie Mack, 
Um, you know, there, so there's a lot of guys. That about to, so they got to make some room for these guys, either through cuts or through bringing people up. They got to. Um, you can't have a roster of 90 people in developmental. I mean, I guess you could, but what's the point? <laughs> yeah. All right, on to uh, the last of the active people, the vaudevillians of uh, vaudevillians, I guess, of Aiden English, Simon Gotch. Like you spoke to earlier, that kind of hipster, <laughs> appealing to hipsters. Um, I don't. I mean, it's 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 cute, you know, the black and white entrance. I don't see how it has any legs on the main roster. I really don't get how Aiden English went to a guy who sings show tunes. How that translates to being an old timey style wrestler, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I think if it did get brought up, it would get old in you know three weeks' time. So, I mean, it's good for a chuckle. Don't don't mind it. Don't. I mean, ring wise, don't see a whole lot out of him. But I mean, English English is okay. He's had some. He had some spotlight matches against RVD and uh, someone else, I think, who I forget. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see a tremendous upside in either one, as English as a single or uh, or in the tag team. They're too far. I mean, this is a perfect example of a of a, of a team that I actually I actually kind of like them as a unit. I don't think they're great, but I think they're they're decent. They're serviceable. Um, but the problem, is, and I think, and I actually do think, I, I could, I could see this team having good matches with the Usos, for example. I could. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the problem is, it is too goofy. And on the main roster, and don't get me wrong, there's a role for comedy. There's a role for comedy on the main roster. They've had some very entertaining comedy guys that have had real value to the promotion over the years. But this is the point I made on the podcast that I did with Will in regards to Adam Rose. I think in a world. In, 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 a, in a wrestling world where 3MB gets cut, how the hell does Adam Rose have a job as a comedy wrestler? Mm-hmm. Like, 3MB worked really hard every night. I thought they were really entertaining as an act. Um, two of the guys, I think, had a lot of the talent. And, and gender, I didn't think was that bad. And, no. and two, the three of the guys get cut. You know what I mean? So, and, and not only that, but one of the guys that gets cut, I think, is legitimately great in Drew Galloway. So, yeah. you know... It, it, in a world where those guys get cut, I don't know how you keep these guys around. Like, and, and I, I say that despite the fact that I don't think these guys are – I think they're – I actually probably like them a little bit better than you as far as an in-ring unit. But it, it's – they're going I, to – here's what I would say. I wouldn't cut them, but they're going to have to retool that gimmick. And if they're not going to retool the gimmick, they may as well cut them because they're not – it's not, it's not going to work. Either you're going to have to retool it some way to make it less silly – or, you know, the, it, these guys are going to be uh, either lifetime uh, NXT guys like the Ascension or opening, <laughs> opening match guys, which there's no problem with that. But I feel like the opening match comedy role is a role, uh, you know, that role is a – you have to be really good to stay over in that role. You know, you yeah. have to be really, really charismatic, and I don't think either one of these guys is that charismatic. All right, let's, uh, some names you touched upon, people rumored to be signing and actually signing on. Um, let's get some thoughts. Uh, Fergal Devitt, who I guess lost his princehood. <laughs> what do you, what um, do you see as his, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but just thoughts on his signing. Were you surprised, not surprised? Uh, I wasn't surprised at all. I'm not the biggest Devitt fan in the world, although I don't hate Devitt. Uh, I think he could be, I do think he has to be very good in the WWE because he does have personality. He's got the right look. 
Um, he's dynamic enough. I, I kind of think his, in some ways, I think he's overrated in that regard. But he's, he's dynamic enough to stand out from the pack. Um, I don't. I think it's good for him that the WWE has made a reasonably big deal out of his signing. But I think the flip side of that is there's a calculated, there's been a calculated effort by, uh, you know, WWE to kind of make a big deal out of a lot of these signings and developmental, particularly ones that have an international flair. So I think it's very easy to read a lot into that that may not necessarily be there. Um, but I, I think David's got a chance to do pretty good, actually. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, what, are you? Do you feel the same way about him, or do you kind of? Yeah, he has charisma. He has. I mean, I think he's a very good wrestler. Um, it's just going to be. I mean, how they, how they use him? Is he going to be in a tag team? Is he going to be a single? Who's he going to mix it up with? I'm very curious to see. I, I mean, I wasn't surprised they signed him, but I'm maybe not as positive as you on his uh, on his future. I mean, I, I guess. But I mean, you don't know how they're going to package him, what they're going to do with him. So it's it's tough to say. Yeah, I mean, right. that's fair. It's, it's very, I mean, it's guesswork with a lot of these guys we're about mm. to talk about, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kenta, I was surprised they signed because he's he's not tall. He works a hard-hitting style. Doesn't speak English, to my knowledge. Um, I'm glad he's he's trying. It's I mean, uh, he's got to be making more money right now than he would be in Noah. And, but I just don't know. I just don't. I, I, he'll certainly do better than a y- Yoshitatsu, I feel, but I just don't. I honestly don't see it working out that well. Um, I feel almost exactly the same way as you do. I, I'm very happy for him. Um, I think this was absolutely the right time for him to take the chance because look at Noah. <laughs> mm. uh, but, boy, you know, and a lot of this, again, same thing, a lot of people making the same deal. Boy, they made a huge deal out of it, which is really cool that they did that, by the way, with the, the sumo yes. hall thing with Hogan and Jimmy Hart. That's pretty damn cool because, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's really no precedent for that. But, I don't think you can look at that and say that that necessarily means anything. Like, it, 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 what, it, what it means is that the WWE wants to have a reputation. Um, I, here's what it means. It means the WWE really wants to get Internet fans on, its, on their side. And I, I'm sure there will be people who will listen to this and think, that's bullshit, they don't care, it's a smart... No, there is a calculated effort in the WWE to get Internet fans on their side. I don't think there's any question about that. I think that's 100% fact. Um, I, I, you know, when you've got uh, conference calls with, with uh, you know, uh, David Bixon's band and, uh, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the other newsletter writers. I'm putting Bix over because he's my buddy. But when you, go, when, you got, when you get the conference calls with all these guys, you can, can you imagine WWE doing that even five years ago? Like, no. Get, no. I mean, it, there's a calculated effort, and I think the Kenta signing and the way they portrayed it was part of that effort. And I think that's smart on their part. But I think it has as much to do with sort of how they portray themselves as a brand as it relates to these hardcore fans as, as it does with any perspective sort of uh, on how they think Kenta's going to pan out. Um, I hope he does well. I really do. Uh, I just – you know what, though? I will say this, Joe. Being good in the ring has never been more beneficial at any point than it is now. Mm-hmm. Being a hard worker who can get over just by, by your in-ring ability has never had more value in the WWE than it does today. So he does have that going in his favor um, because he's going to work really hard in the ring. 
but I, I, whether that would be enough is highly debatable. Hmm. All right, Kevin Steen, another surprise. I just never thought they would sign him due to his body. I know he lost weight, but he was never super jacked. I think I actually think if they give him a chance, he will do well because he can connect with audiences. I think he's a, a great brawling style that he can utilize. And I think uh, he's a very good talker, too. Like, Will he be used as a more manager role, bumping manager? I don't know. But I think we'll see him on the main roster. I think he'll do pretty good, at least pretty good for himself. Um, Steen is a very big surprise for me, too, for the same reasons you outlined. Um, I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the bumping manager thing. I can't remember if I've actually said that on a podcast or not. But my, my idea for Steen is basically – uh, a, a, a w, modern WWE version of Cheeky Star, the, the famous uh, Puerto Rican wrestler slash manager. Because, I, you know, I don't want to see Steen killing himself with bumps anymore. I think he's earned the right to not have to do that. Mm-hmm. But he, he is a great bumper, and he's, very the, he's, he's got that theatrical style down. He's a very, very good talker. And I could totally see him as the guy leading a stable who wrestles maybe, you know, uh, once every few weeks, or maybe even once every month, as sort of like a you know the Bobby Heenan role when Bobby Heenan was in the AWA or even part of the WWF. Um, our, our Kiki Star, you know, is to me the best example, but I, I don't know that that many people <laughs> have watched as much WWC as I have. But mm. uh, Kiki Star is absolutely awesome. Uh, if anybody ever goes to my Twitter at Dylan Waco, my picture is of Kiki Star. Uh, but uh, to me, uh, I. Totally see Kevin Steen in that role, and I think that would be a great, great use of his talent. I, I, I mean, I, I, and I think actually that role would be a role that he could do for a long, long time, whereas if he's just cast as a regular wrestler, I think his look is going to work against him. If he's cast as a guy who's in that sort of manager role, I think his look it actually plays into the character and it's to his favor. All right, and uh, the last one, Willie Mack, another kind of surprising uh, signing by me, I think. I think he's got some. Uh, he's got some charisma, and uh, I actually think his style will translate pretty well to the WWE. Probably have to get in a little bit better shape, but um, surprising. I could see him doing pretty good. I really like Willie Mack. Um, I mean, like I really like him. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think he's a great wrestler, but he's a good wrestler who's really unique. You know, he always stood out to me in the. Uh, uh, you know, sort of the, the West Coast indie scene as a guy that was um, really not like anybody else, you know. And I think that might have actually been part of the reason that he got signed is that he is a guy that's not like anybody else. As my as a helicopter flies overhead now. <laughs> I like that. Well, earlier it was a 747, now there's a helicopter. But um, I I don't know about him, though, making it in the – I just – I hate I hate to bring this up. Because I've done this on like four of the uh, recent eight thousand podcasts that I've done, but WWE does not have the best track record with uh, black wrestlers, <laughs> and I, I, I I'm not saying it's conscious on their part, uh, although I don't necessarily think it's unconscious either. But I, that does concern me a little bit uh, for for him, just because I, I can't think of a guy, a place that they would safely sort of put him where. They, I don't know if they would trust him to do some of the things they would trust other people to do. Which, hmm. but but he's very good and he's very charismatic, very charismatic. Um, so I'm happy he got signed, and I think it was a really that in some ways is the most out of left field because Steen and Kenta 
uh, and Devitt, I, I mean, I would whether whether you thought there was a likelihood of them getting signed, those are all guys I could I would have said would have at least been on WWE's radar in the sense that they're people they would have been aware existed. <laughs> you know, like Willie Mack strikes me as a guy that I, I you know it's it's somewhat surprising that there was even people there who who knew he existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how would they, like someone's got to be watching PWG or the uh, SoCal Indies. Yeah, I mean evidently that's, because that's it's not like he was a, ever a big star in any of the East Coast groups. No, someone watching shows from what was it Franks and Sons, wherever <laughs> that is in LA. <laughs> so I mean there are a lot of people who kind of come and go on NXT. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, anyone else kind of catch your eye or anything? Oh gosh. Uh, is it, is it Scott Murphy, right? That's his name, right? He, he, um, I, think there's a, I think there's a guy on their roster, Scott Murphy, who um, he's got a pretty generic look. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I mention him is I actually recently watched a match. It was uh, Kalisto versus him from a house show. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how good of a base this guy was for a guy that, you know, doesn't really – He's sort of not anybody that anybody really talks about, you know. Like he he looked, I mean, he looked like he was Antonio Cesaro or Ray Scorpion or something like that. I mean, he was like taking all the Kalisto stuff so well, and it really really impressed me um, how well he took it. It, it. It's a very brief match. You very easily find it in the most obvious place that you would find a video like that. Um, right. And I, I it's not long. I'm not even sure it's six seven minutes long. But it was it really impressed me how. You know, I mean, he doesn't do he he himself is the guy taking all the offense. So if you if you're looking to see him do a bunch of cool moves, you're not going to see it. But if you want to see a guy who worked really works really good with the flyer, that it, you know, I was really impressed because basing is an underrated skill for a pro wrestler to have, in my opinion. And uh, lots of times when these guys do high spots like that, especially the greener guys, or not necessarily greener, but the guys who are. Um, not accustomed to working with people that wrestle that way, it's a disaster. And this guy looked, I mean, he was really impressive. So he's a guy that I that I kind of uh, think is cool. And then there's, they signed uh, Stephen Walters, who I can't remember. I don't know if he's debuted. I, the uh, is he Dash Wilder now? Yes. I think, Dash- I think they're coming up, him and Scott Dawson. Yeah, and, and I, actually, I like Scott Dawson, to be honest. I think he's got a, a solid little look. He's kind of like, uh, he looks like sort of a, he's kind of reminds me of Trevor Murdoch in terms of how he walks, yeah. around, walks around the ring, how he carries himself. And uh, Stephen Walters is a, you know, he's like a local indie guy to me, relatively, because I'm from the Carolinas, and he worked a lot of shows, Carolinas, Georgia. Uh, he worked other places, too. But Walters, um, he's very good. Uh, very underrated. There's a lot of his stuff from YouTube you could find. He had a really good match with Corey Hollis from Anarchy this year, for example. Good matches with John Schuyler and other people. Um, completely underrated because he doesn't. He was not part of the big Northeast scene, nor was he a PWG, uh, PWG's guy. Um, and he's a guy that I could see really excelling in a tag team uh, there. Um, I, I, you know... Dave Meltzer, I think, was kind of uh, down on that gimmick. He wrote about it in The Observer a couple weeks ago because I think the gimmick is basically they're guys who who can't talk, but they're good wrestlers or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, but these guys are both good enough where if they actually try, I think they could be a good tag team. Uh, whether that's going to happen is highly debatable. But um, those are two other guys that I do like as far as guys that we didn't talk about. 
I also like Baron Corbin. I, think. <laughs> I don't know, something about him, I think. Uh, he hasn't done a lot on TV. What I've seen, I've liked. So, he's got some big size, so. Yeah, he's got a good record. Yeah, he does. We shall see. Also, I looked up Angelo. If you go to the uh, the WWE website, there, um, the bios for NXT are, is for NXT are hysterical because it's just the most generic stuff. Like so and so gives their all every time and plans to <laughs> kick butt, and take names, and oh, I, I looked up Angelo Dawkins. His finishing move is listed as Cincinnati, Ohio. So I guess that's a wacky <laughs> submission. I don't know what that would be. Some sort of wacky. Yeah. Oh, that's but, classic. Um, all right, last uh, last question for you. Who do you, uh, let's just say Johnny Ace or whoever the hell, tells you you get to sign one guy in the Indies to a developmental deal. Who do you sign? Oh, God, this is an ambush question. Uh, for, the, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the listeners, I, I, you should know that we did not do any, any preparation work for this. So this is, this is completely uh, out of the blue, and I, I'm going to have to come up with something completely off the cuff here. Um, boy. I mean, there are guys who are my favorites, among my favorites on the Indies, but I, I don't really necessarily think that they would be a good fit in the WWE. And that would be guys like uh, uh, Drew Gulak, who I really like, uh, Vordell Walker, who I really like, Sean Tempers, who's a Southern Heel guy that nobody besides me probably even watches outside of the small Southern Heel, you know, <laughs> territory, the Southern Territory fans themselves or Southern Indie fans themselves. But none of those guys I could really see being a fit in the WWE. So um, I will go with another one of my favorites. In some way, perhaps my absolute favorite current indie guy, and that's Timothy Thatcher. Um, I think Thatcher's got good size. He's got a good look. He can work both face and heel. He's got a a unique style by modern standards, very much a a ground wrestler, a grappler. Um, uh, To me... Do I do I think he could ever necessarily be a, a main eventer in the WWE? I kind of doubt it, but I think he could be a really strong mid-card guy. And I, I would kill to see him have matches with people like Wade Barrett or Sheamus or Cesaro. I think he would fit in really well with any of those guys. So Thatcher, I think, would be my pick. Just going off the cuff like that, you know, uh, with, this, with this cheap shot that, that Joe's dropped on me at the end of the show. <laughs> I, I think I would go with Thatcher. Uh, that's not to say he's the absolute best guy on the Indies, although he might be my favorite right now. But um, I think that's who I'd go for. I, okay, okay, hold on. I'm going to turn the tables, even though this is Uh-oh. your show. Even though this is your show, let me turn the tables on you here. Who would you pick? Um, I would probably go with uh, a guy you just mentioned, Biff Busick. I oh, Biff Busick uh, would be good. Yeah, I think he's got – I think he's – Got a good look. I think he's got a lot of charisma. I think he can really connect with people, and I would give it a try. Because in a, a perfect world, they would just sign up everyone in the Indies just to have them and have a bunch of of good developmental, now, not, now, not even territories, but just a ton. Just have everyone. But yes, you know, it, just, it doesn't let, work that way. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's one other guy I just thought of, and not All to right. have a marathon show here. I'm, I'm not going to do what I normally do. We're going to have a relatively brief <laughs> show by Dylan Hale standards, but. Mm. Congo Kong is awesome, and, and and like he's so different from everybody in the WWE that I don't even think he could get a job with them, which is too bad. But yeah. Congo Kong would be a really cool heel addition to the WWE. So to me, he's kind of lateral with Thatcher. I mean, if you had forced me to pick one, I'd still pick Thatcher. But Congo Kong is another person that I would love to see the WWE side. All right, and.
And uh, very last question. We've seen some guys in WWE not doing a whole lot, like Tyson Kidd, work programs. Uh, who would you like to see have a little run in NXT from the, uh, from the roster? You know, if they're going to, you know, a lot of this depends on the cuts, which, again, may have been made by the time this podcast actually gets mm-hmm. uploaded for people to listen to. We don't know. Um, I, you know, I think that there's value in sort of the veterans that, that uh, are clearly in the twilight of their careers going down the NXT. I don't want to see RVD down there because he stinks. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, a guy like Christian, for example, you know, if Christian's in ring shape, I'd love to see Christian go down to NXT and, and have a run down there. I would absolutely think that was awesome. I think that would be very, very useful. Uh, I think it would help the guys that are down there. I think it would be a good way. He's, he's another guy, too, who sort of has experience in that, in that uh, weird WWE separate entity show system because he was the ace of ECW in 2009. So um, Christian would be, a, I think, a really, really good pick for that. Uh, off the top of my head, there's nobody else that immediately jumps out to me as somebody I would necessarily like to see down there. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, a part of that has to do with the ins and outs of the booking and the way the booking shifts and whatnot, too. But I, I, th- I think Christian would be my, my top pick. That's a, uh, that's a good choice. I think... Um they don't do that a lot. I think, I, I don't know, they have limited television time, and I, I imagine they want to get as many people experience being on a television setup as possible. But they run a they run a good amount of house shows. Like, I think they're running 10 in August, and there's, with a lot of guys living in the area, I'm surprised you don't have more of that going on. Although, I don't really see results for NXT house shows around. You have to dig for them a bit. I think Dave will put them once in a while in the in the Observer, I think, Dave Meltzer. But, mm. um, yeah, I... Uh, I think there's definitely value in bringing some of these veterans down to let them work for these guys. If you've got these guys on the roster, why not have them down there doing something? You know, why not have hmm. them down there teaching these guys and working with these guys? Um, I, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. But, uh, I mean, I get the, the flip side is what you said, that there's only so many TV hours and you, you want to get all these guys exposure. So maybe you couldn't do it on TV as much, but that doesn't mean that you, you can't do it in some way, shape, or form. All right, last, last question. Uh, <laughs> what grade do you give the, the developmental roster right now? Um, okay, are we counting the signings are we, that, that have not debuted? Are we only counting? Yeah, I, yeah I, would inc- I would include those. Okay, if we're counting the talent that is sort of um, in, the, in the vault but hasn't been unleashed to the public, then I would say... Um, and even including some of the names we haven't discussed and just thinking about the, ne- the negatives and positives of some of these guys I see on TV in various roles, I would say a, a B plus, a B plus. Um, that's, not, what, that's what I was thinking, too. There's a lot, I mean, some dead weight, but a lot of, uh, I think guys with a lot of, uh, of upside and potential. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's, there, there are a lot of guys with, with upside potential. I don't think it's out of this world great. The now, if you were asking me about the presentation of some of these guys, it would be a much lower grade because I think some of these guys they they have given gimmicks that are a little bit too silly or too goofy or you know have potential to to kind of level off. Not all of them, uh, but if we're if we're looking at just the talent, this is a this is a good roster. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it really is. It's a good roster of guys. A lot of guys you could see having playing meaningful roles on the main shows. And, I mean, 
when Roman Reigns was down in developmental, I don't think anyone guessed he would have been part of this awesome trio team, and then would have a chance to spotlight and break out on his own. So you never know. Even guys were down on, they may just they may just hit a sweet spot. So CJ CJ Parker might break out as the next well, to the WWE. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I eagerly await waking up C.J. Parker cuts. C.J. Parker, a poor man's Tyler Rex. <laughs> that's, that's an insult to Tyler Rex, if you ask me. <laughs> why, did, why did they name him after a Baywatch character? Like, that's... <laughs> like, what is, don't they look these things up, at least? Um, Say, hey, has there been anyone named C.J. Parker? Oh, yeah, there has been. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, and you know what? They, I'm sure they didn't look that up, but... Uh, oh, well. Who knows? <laughs> All right, I think that's a pretty uh, short show by your standards, but a pretty exhaustive run through through the uh, developmental system. So I will allow you to plug uh, your many many podcast appearances. Oh God, to make this a, show. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Here comes the next hour of the show, folks. No, um, my my primary home and my main project is the Wrestling Culture Podcast, which I do with my buddy Dave Musgrave, uh, which can be found at Place to Be Nation. Um, it is, uh, I, we do a lot of different topics. Uh, I mean, we, we, lots of the stuff that people really like are, are uh, sort of the history-based shows we do. The most recent show we did was uh, a show, sort of a counterfactual history of, the, of uh, alternatives to Bob Backlund as WWF <laughs> champion, uh, which was a show that actually got a lot of feedback and was kind of fun to do because it required you to think outside of the box and consider names like Jim Brunzel. Um, so that was that was a that was a fun show, um, uh, and then we've got another show coming up this uh, this weekend, which uh, uh, may may the show may not even be up yet by then. I don't know what, when Joe's planning to upload this, but uh, we'll have a, we'll have another show up probably pretty close to the time that this show hits and becomes public, uh, and we'll probably cover the TNA fiasco and uh, uh, the G1 on that show, and then I've been doing a show called Titans Extra with my, uh, my buddies Barb and Kelly, where we kind of look at uh, the rosters of, of uh, the major wrestling companies in 1981, is what we've been focusing on recently. Uh, I do all sorts of other random shows here and there with my other buddies over at the Place to Be Nation. Uh, and I'm also, for the time being, doing impact re- reports at Voices of Wrestling, although that may not be lasting too much. <laughs> you may get out of that one. <laughs> I, may, I may have dodged the bullet. And then uh, finally, last but not least, you can follow me uh, on Twitter, at Dylan Waco. That's D-Y-L-A-N-W-A-C-O, if you're so inclined. I uh, highly recommend the Twitter. A lot of uh, a lot of fun comments, whether you're watching the G1, Raw, or, you know, Anarchy Wrestling, or whatever <laughs> happens passing across the TV set. Very, very fun follow. Uh, I know Hall of Fame season coming up soon. Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, always, always fun. Oh, always yeah. a blast. Lots of, lots of... Expect lots of uh, tweeting about Ken Patera if you follow me. <laughs> and uh, given you, you have uh, you do a lot of shows covering the rosters of literally the past, present, and future. So there you go. Indeed, that's 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 kind of, that's kind of been my gimmick recently. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll uh, we, we may run with that some more in the future, uh, other places. Uh, thanks for having me on, Joe. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, too. Glad to uh, finally get you on. And um, that is going to do it. So, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll catch up to you in a while.
Now you don't need my love yourself, love yourself, love yourself.